Welcome to Bedhampton Church. Contact us at www.bedhampton.church. But for now, let's continue that journey with this input. The Economics Observatory reported in 2020 that the household wealth in the UK increased by almost £10 trillion in the last 25 years, from £4.9 trillion in 1995 to £14.6 trillion in 2017. A trillion has 12 zeros after it. That's, uh, that's crazy, isn't it? We are as rich, as wealthy in the UK as we've ever been. More than we've ever been, we are wealthy. Now, of course, there are individual circumstances that people have that don't fit into that. And, of course, we could have a great discussion today about how that wealth is distributed amongst God's people. But we, are a more, we have more disposable income than we've ever had, would you believe? So surely we must all be living life to the fullest. We must all be living life happy as Larry, as they say. Well, no. Not at all. The ONS reported last year that the official stats for well-being and happiness were at their lowest ebb for the last decade. Despite all our wealth, average ratings for happiness in the UK fell to the lowest level for a decade. And of course, there are many, there are many uh, survey, surveys and reports that will tell you that once you get beyond the provision of food and shelter, um, actually money makes very little, if any, impact on our well-being and our happiness. Once you get beyond, beyond the basics of having enough food in your belly and a dry place to sleep, money has very little impact on our happiness and well-being. And yet our society says quite the opposite, doesn't it? Earn more, spend more, and you'll be happy. Now, you, you know my history, so I won't bore you with that, but that was the road that I was on, as you know. The yuppie days are not over. We've just accepted them as being the norm now. Life in our society says if you earn more, you'll have more, you'll be happier. So with that in mind, is there a practice of Jesus? Is there a way of living like Jesus would have us live that impacts this part of our life? Well, I wouldn't be stood up here if there wasn't, would I? So, uh, of course, there's a way, a practice of Jesus. And it's the practice uh, that many call simplicity. It's not a reason of fad, although, of course, secular society has begun to get hold of this idea of simplifying life, but actually it's an ancient tradition within the Anglican Church and within Christianity in general, not just a thing set aside for those monks and nuns that can cope with it, but actually for all of us. We started off this series, as I've already said today, by looking at silence and solitude and the tradition that we have of that, and that has been greatly impacting my life, I hope it's been impacting yours. And then Polly spoke so well the other week on Sabbath. So silence and solitude, the idea of taking time to be with God. Just to be. And then Sabbath, 
the idea of taking a special time each week, a time separate and different to the rest of the week, a time to revel in the idea that you are loved by God. Now, of course, for many that's Sunday, for others it's not. Mine's Friday. But just to take that Sabbath time, if you haven't had a chance to catch up with what Polly said about that, it's on the website, I'd recommend it to you. And today we continue to look at walking like Jesus, practicing the way of life like Jesus by looking at simplicity. And what we're going to find is that, well, what we're going to find is what you already know. Money can't buy happiness, and you can't take it with you. You already know that, don't you? I don't need to tell you that. And yet Jesus says, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or what you'll wear. So if we know that, and yet Jesus says, do something different, why do we not do it? Perhaps the issue is that we don't want to do what Jesus said. We actually want to pursue all those things. A bigger house, a nicer car. I mean, there's always a bigger house and there's always a nicer car, isn't there? So Nicer clothes. Because Facebook, after all, tells you that you're not worthy unless you do. Your, your adverts that you watch on your telly tell you that you're not worthy unless you've got a better car. I mean, how many of us who have children have had them come home from school saying, can I have these? Because everyone, everyone's got these. Can I have the trainers? Well, you've got perfect good trainers. They're but they're not ones that make me better. Which is rubbish, of course. But it's what we hear sometimes, isn't it? And Jesus says, instead of that, instead of that, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And all of those things will be there for you as well. He says, if you do this, if you simplify, if you live life with just what you need, if you first seek to love God and love people, then that feeling, that desire you have inside of you, that you believe somehow some stuff is going to replace, will be there because God's spirit will be within you. And for me, this is the crux of the matter for today, really. I mean, I could speak on this for hours. You'll be glad to hear I'm not going to. But the crux of the matter, the bottom line here, is Jesus isn't actually saying that clothes are bad. He's not saying that, that cars are bad, that houses are bad. What he's saying is when you pursue those, as I did, as other people have, when you pursue those over and above loving God and loving people, then you live in a second-rate life. You're not having this life to the full that Jesus promised. When you put God second to the stuff, you're not having that life that Jesus promised. Dallas Willard, in his book, The Spirit Disciplines, says this, In our current world, a large part of the freedom that comes from frugality, or simplicity, is freedom from the spiritual bondage that financial debt calls. Notice the word spiritual bondage. Spiritual bondage connecting with physical stuff and our chasing of it. 
When we worry about the size of our house that we live in or the car that we drive, we're diverting the resources, both time and money, away from God and what he might have us do towards our own self-gratification. And God's not a killjoy. He wants us to be happy. He sent Jesus that we might know life to the full. But when we divert the stuff away from knowing him, we're living a second-rate life. Suddenly, we cannot donate to Ukraine because we've been living so close to the wire with our finances that the hike in fuel prices has taken away any little gap we had. We can't offer to help teach the love of God to our young people because we're so tired and worn out from packing our diaries with stuff, chasing stuff, that actually we can't bring one more thing to our, to our efforts. We're just too shattered. Even if God might be calling us to that. We're putting loving God and loving God's people second to our image in the world. We worry more about what other people think of us than we do what the creative God wants for us. You know me. As I'm speaking to you about this, I'm speaking into the mirror as well. I'm speaking into the mirror and looking at myself as well as I look at you. And I want to shout, do something about it. To me as well as to you. MOT your life. Take a look at what really is important. There are people running away from stuff in Ukraine to what's important. And yet we still worry about stuff. A couple of years ago, 18 months, a couple of years ago, I started this process of MOT in my life around simplicity. It's an ongoing process, you will have observed. I'm not there by any stretch of the imagination. But I started looking at the stuff that we have and just asking God, what's important here? What is diverting me from knowing you more deeply? What is important for this stuff around me? Now, I will say this is quite easy for my personality type. It's less easy for Susie. Uh, so I'm not saying it's the same for everyone. But then I started looking at my diary. What about packed into my diary? What is, what is in there that isn't what God would have me do? Now, that's harder for me. Because I'm a person, as you know, who must have pack a diary. No space. No space to breathe, no space to just be with God. And I have to say, it's been a journey and it's an ongoing journey. John Mark Comer in his book um, about hurry, uh, which is our recommended reading for Lent, gives you some ideas about how you might MOT your life around simplicity. And you're going to agree with some of it and disagree with other bits of it. I think we've found, haven't we? Um, but it's a great starting point if you want to look at this a bit more. And I, as I said, it's an ongoing process for me, and I, and I won't bore you with all of the things that God is talking to me about around simplicity, but I will talk to you about the one thing that impacts you. 
Bedhampton. The leadership team know about this because I've spoken with them. But I felt God's Spirit remind me that I was called to Bedhampton. Called to you guys. Not, of course, that God won't use me occasionally elsewhere. The bishop asks or someone needs some help. But my primary calling is to you guys. And so that should never be at the expense of Bedhampton. And so I've simplified my diary. Again, it's an ongoing process, but I've simplified my diary. I know many of you were sad to hear that I resigned my commission from the army. But that is part of this process about doing what I was called to do. And so I've stood back from that and other commitments to put space in my diary. We're not there, but we're getting there. And that will allow me to love God, to spend the time I need to be spending with God, so I can then love you as well. That is what simplicity has begun to mean for me over the last couple of years, and I know it's going to be on into the future. And with my personality type, I'm going to need to revisit it regularly and have people accountable, I'm accountable to in my life. But what could simplicity mean for you? Nothing. You can go home today and crack on and as you were. No problem, is it? I'm not going to come checking up on you, am I? You're adults. But my friends, if you really want to know that life to the full, if you really want to mean those words when you say you'll put God first, can I commend to you that you investigate simplicity further? You have been listening to Bedhampton Church. Our prayer is that this helps you journey with Jesus and serve your community by sharing God's love and friendship. Subscribe and join us for more discussion at www.bedhampton.church All material creative commons copyright. Contact us for more details.